going to take it. in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let, let's get right to it. All right, welcome into another episode, sort of an emergency episode of the Ryan and Goodman pod. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Bob Ryan and we got a lot to talk about today, Bob, and it has nothing to do with the NBA playoffs. Um, we probably talk a couple of hours about the two topics that broke uh, here on what is today? Wednesday? Today's Wednesday, yeah. It's Wednesday. Track of days. I've lost track since this morning because uh, I got <laughs> up, I uh, I dropped my my wife's car off in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, for an oil change. Came back. And all hell broke loose, Bob. All <laughs> hell broke loose. And it started, we'll start with the, uh, the big NBA story, uh, which is Danny Ainge basically uh, retiring from his position with the Celtics. I'm not sure he's going to retire completely. We'll see. We'll talk. And, and the shocker, that wasn't the shocker. The shocker to me is that Brad Stevens is going to slide over from his seat as the head coach of the Boston Celtics into Danny Ainge's seat. Running everything, being the 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 decision maker of sorts. Oh yeah, for the Celtics. Like, okay, let, let's try to make some some sense of this, Bob. You listened to the press conference, yep. as did I. And number one, number one, to me, was this a Brad Stevens decision? Do you think, or do you think this was a Wick Rousebeck decision to? slide brad stevens over i'm not a conspiracy guy i mean really and and any ever i i want to believe it's brad stevens decision although that does raise my number one question it wasn't addressed not in any way enough for my satisfaction during the press conference brad are you done coaching forever do you want to coach well you you told us you love coaching but you're now not going to coach you're 44 years old And, and um so are you telling us now that right. you should see that this is your executive path? This is your path? Is this, this is your way of staying connected to basketball for the rest of your functioning, you know, adult life uh, or, or what? Uh, no coaching blood, you know, juice. I, I, that wasn't addressed. And I'm, I, I just find it a, a curious move in that regard at this, you know, uh, now plenty of room at 44, <laughs> Plenty of room left, you know, to to uh, down the road. But still, that was interesting. So, to your question, I want to believe it was, but I, uh, it, it, I, I, I don't. Know. Just, I don't think it, in those terms. Here, here's my thing, and I am a conspiracy theorist. So, so let me say that right off the bat. All right, I good. Just, I just feel like okay. Here's my my question. Like, all right, a big move had to be made. We knew that, right? So, Danny Ainge is leaving. And if you're Wick Rousebeck, you got $30 million on the hook or thereabouts with Brad Stevens, right? You don't want to pay $30 million. You just don't. You got four more years. You just extended them a year ago. You gave him a five-year deal. So you, you don't want to pay him $30 million. So can you come to some sort of conclusion of like, all right, what can we figure out here? Brad, super smart guy. We know that. Super smart. If anybody can figure this transition out, it's, it's Brad Stevens. And Maybe it was one of those, well, listen, this isn't working. 
you know, we got to make a move here. And, and, and maybe it was just something where they both came to the conclusion of like, let's try this. Brad, we'll see if you like it, if you're good at it. If you're not, you'll go back into coaching in a year. And oh, by the way, we also won't have to pay the $28 million because we're going to move you in the, in the Danny's seat and get, get something for that money. Yeah. And if somebody hires Brad in a year, Bob, mm-hmm. it's probably an offset where they won't have to pay him the remaining yeah. $20 million on his contract. I don't know. I'm no, that makes sense. Logically. I'll be honest. I hadn't even considered the money. Yeah. I never, for what, not in the this three hours or so that this thing has been news. It's all it has been three hours. It's been news yeah. for maybe for me, you know, when I first got wind of it all. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a good point. And I'll admit that I hadn't even considered the money, uh, the pragmat- pragmatism. After all, uh, Wick and Steve are businessmen. <laughs> They're businessmen first and foremost. Yes. And uh, so, uh, okay. Uh, that, that, Do you that, like that, all this? That's a very plausible theory you have there. I, uh, but that doesn't answer still the question that I have is, Brad, uh, are you closing the door on coaching at age 44? No way. I can't. No way. I, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> no chance he's closing the door on coaching. Now, again, the, the interesting part, Bob, would be what if the Indiana Pacers in a week or two, you know, you don't think somebody reached out to the Pacers before this happened? Because what if the Pacers in a week or so make a move with their head coach and decide, hey, we want to make a run at Brad Stevens? I don't think, again, I think he's locked in for at least a year in this position. I don't think he goes anywhere. So my guess is he he wanted a change at this point because he felt like it was best for the organization. And I think Wick probably went to him and said, hey, listen, we want to make a move here. We want to try to figure something out. What can we do? And the other part, if you're Danny Ainge, I'm looking at it of, all right, you're retiring. You want to keep your son, Austin, employed. What better way than to be a proponent of Brad Stevens sliding into his seat? And Brad has already said on, on, the, on the press conference, he said, listen, I'm keeping Mike Zarin. I'm keeping Austin Ainge. I'm keeping Dave Lewin. I'm keeping everybody. He mentioned Austin's name. I took note of that very carefully he mentioned his name uh uh and, and his list laundry list of people but he, he got it in that specific category of you know a lot of machinations i mean i'm, I'm this is why i wouldn't be any good at all this because i i i no i just don't i just go oh screw it I, I, just let me know when you arrive at the conclusion and we'll talk about it but no um there's questions for both people all right but let's start we'll stick with brad i think we agree that it's implausible to think that 44 year old brad stevens no, will not be coaching somewhere down the road uh, that's just hard for me to believe. Just for the record, Red was 48 and, and, and a different yeah. time in the world, less stressed world. He had all the responsibility because they had no assistant coaches, no traveling secretary, you know, no nothing. It was, it was, he, he did everything. That's what you did in those days. And he gave it up at 48. People don't 48. realize that. People do wow. not because he always looked indeterminate middle age. He looked the same at, at 68 as he did at 38. And that's the gospel truth. And it, it, it's amazing. You know, it, he looked the same. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's uh, but so but people don't know that. Red Auerbach was forty eight. Danny Age is forty. I mean, Brad Stevens is forty four. And it's hard for me to believe that. All right. That that I think we agree on that. So how long he's going to be this boss of the Celtics is is it, it's not going to be a real long term. Right. I, I want to know. I want to get to it. What did you think of it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Let, let's start with the. I guess let's start with the Brad Stevens because Danny Ainge retiring is Jan- Danny Ainge retiring. You can like it. You can not like it. He's 62 years old. 
And he, he had the, the heart attack. Removed from a heart attack. Right. Cited that, admitted that that had a lot to do with his thinking uh, at the, from, from the minute he had it. That, uh, so he, he, he answered that question very, you know. Clearly. Without dodging it or any. Yeah, Brad danced around a couple things a little bit. But, but in, in, in a way, Brad can, where he, he never I, really looks I, like. I, I have no problem with the idea that I, I think Brad Stevens can do this job. Yep. But I'm dying to find out, you know, who's going to succeed him. And well, that, that's the biggest question because, you know, listen, I, I think we all can agree that this team needed a change somewhere yeah. and it probably needed a new voice. You know, I, I felt like, again, it had, it had run its course. And, and Brad almost said that. He almost said in, in, in the, the press conference, hey, you know what? Sometimes um, change is good. You know, a different, fresh perspective is good. Well, I think we've all come to understand that. Right. Something that was not part of the dialogue even 15, 20 years ago, but it is now. It's a permanent part of all sports dialogue. We have Exhibit A in Philadelphia. I'll say it again. I said it two weeks ago. I said it. You had a team that needed a new voice, and you had a coach that needed a new set of ears. And they benevolently have found each other at at a high level. And it's a wonderful, for the time being, it's a wonderful match, Doc and and Philly. It's working out, you know. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's working out. Uh, we, we won't get into whether MB, you know, the LMB thing, that's another story. But the point is, the partnership has worked this year. It was a perfect match. Um, and I think, you know, and, Dan, and uh, Brad's case was eight years. All we wondered, why is it, why? The, the question was never answered. It couldn't have been this year. We, we identified problems, but why? Why were they, did they have 39 double-digit deficits with a team this talented? Why? And it was not defensible. There's no valid reason for that to have happened. And, and, you know, it, it was circling back to the coach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, listen, I, I, I like, I trust Brad. I think he's so smart. I think he'll figure this out. I just don't know if he's invested in this long-term. I don't think he can know that answer right now. I now he did profess allegiance to the flag of the, of the leprechaun flag. Over and over. Uh, yeah, you, you know, as Doc Rivers did, in the 11th hour of his tenure as Celtic coach, if you recall. Yep. And we both love Doc. I'm, I'm yep. a Doc sycophant, I admit completely. Consider him to be a, a good acquaintance, if not necessarily a friend. That's another level of, of you know, relationship. Yep. But, uh, but I consider him a good acquaintance. I, and I, I'm, I'm very invested in Doc's uh, career. I, he, anyway, he, he, he professed allegiance to the leprechaun too. And then, yep. you know, he skipped out not long thereafter. Uh, you know, so... Okay, we'll we'll take that for what it's worth. But he did, he did very much proclaim himself to be a Celtic, you know, and love, and, and have to care about the welfare of the Celtic, allegiance to his bosses. He let, you know, said it was a it was a big kissy face thing all around. You know, Rick and Steve love Danny and Brad. Brad loves Danny. Danny all loves good Brad. People. Yeah, Danny loves think... Rick and Steve. I mean, it was right. uh, we heard we it's got love fest. We got yeah, all that complete love fest. <laughs> and, and I do think they get along. Like, listen. Nobody can walk away from Brad Stevens saying, I don't like Brad Stevens. I've Sorry. never heard of anybody doing it, ever. <laughs> now, again, do you You could have your issues with him as a coach. Is he too nice? Does he let Marcus Smart and anybody shoot too many threes? Like, I have some of those questions. Yeah. Oh, you, you brought that up many times. With, and I, and I do feel like it's the best thing for Brad, in a way, to get out of that seat. Because I think it was only going to get hotter and hotter next year. And I think it was best for but him. Now, but he's got the responsibility. Yeah, let's face it. There is a roster issue. Yes. You yes. know, and it's not easy. There now is that, a, and, and we, we agree there's only one remotely tradable component. 
and we're not sure how valuable he is in the eyes of other people. Right, right. And, you know, Marcus, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Right. Because you're not trading Brown and Tatum. That's ridiculous. You're, you're yeah, well, on, you're not now. Like, I, I felt like there was a chance. I felt like there was a chance, if everything else has stayed the same, that you might have had to look at trading Jalen Brown for the right package. But you're not now. This was your major, major move. But, again, a new coach coming in, if you keep the roster the way it is, yes, you'll have a different voice, a different system, all of it. But, frankly, again, I feel like the pieces of the, the best three players don't fit together. Great. So how do you, how do you tweak with that? I, I, don't, I don't know. But let, let's get back to it. All right. So, so Brad Stevens, as, as the GM, what, I guess what is, what is your first thought of like, <laughs> it, you know, he knows the team well, but okay. I, guess, I guess it is getting back to what we were talking about. Like, what, what do you do if you're Brad Stevens? What do you do? I know we were, we were talking about this, whether it was Danny or whoever was going to be. Let's go coach. Was. Let's go coach first before we go person. Number one, he, he said all the nice things about his staff. Yeah. God forbid, please don't hire anybody inside. No, you can't. You can't hire anybody. On the just staff. explained the, the Doc oh. Rivers thing with Philly. We need somebody's out there. Um, I, I saw a name out there. I didn't want to look at the whole list because it just made me ill. Some of this nonsense, you know, yeah. Rick Patino, stop it with the list. All right. Uh, there's a name out there of a good basketball man and a good person and and i I would like the that's alvin gentry okay okay i like that name yeah Um, alvin's good he's solid that's what i like you Uh, know names that have been thrown out there a little bit more there's three of them and then i'll give you the name that i would look at but lloyd pierce who it didn't work with in atlanta he butted heads with trey young okay yeah so Lloyd Pierce, from what I hear, really well respected. It just didn't work out in Atlanta. Um, then you have uh, Jason Kidd, who, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that one at all. Um, and then the third one, which I like better than um, all the others, is uh, Chauncey Billups. Interesting, with Chauncey Billups. Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was that far advanced in the coaching idea that people would consider him seriously. Well, remember, he could have had the Cavs GM job. Didn't take that. Uh, is now an assistant coach in the league. First year. The guy that I want them to go after, and it's so funny because I did not like it when it when he was hired at Michigan. Is Juwan Howard? That was the one that I was like, no, 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 we can't bring him over to college. Like we this this <laughs> we've seen this we've seen this happen, and they all fail. And he's succeeded. He's been great. I. I- I, I think that's very interesting. And I certainly would be very curious about that. Uh, absolutely. He proved, he, he won me over at Michigan. You know what the problem you know, is with Juwan Howard? 18 years of NBA experience. That's not going to be an issue <laughs> about how to relate to NBA players. That's that. It was just the reverse that we were worrying about. So we know we can handle that part. That's an interesting one. Yeah. The issue, the issue with Juwan Howard, Bob, he's got one son on the team at Michigan and another on the way coming. Oh, geez. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he leaves, but but you never know. I mean, it is the Boston Celtics, and he couldn't get an NBA head coaching job three years ago. The sons, when we were talking earlier about Brad's move uh, and staying in Boston, a family, you know, they're they're fixed. Those kids yeah, have grown up here now. And, and he can and, see them more now. He can he can work his schedule around seeing his yep. kids' games. Like this, listen, again, do I think, you know, they said it was a promotion for Brad. I don't believe it was a promotion. I'm not buying that. 
Now I've heard that. I, I, I didn't even think of it in those terms. It's another job of equal, you know, whatever it is. But I it's didn't different. call it. It's, it's different. Parallel. Right. But coach is important. And the, the GM. Yeah, no, I, I'm not worried about that. That's semantics to me. I don't care. Right. You know, I don't care. Really. No. Let's talk about Danny in a second now in terms of okay. 62 years old. Yep. Um, the, I can't believe he's, he mentioned he, 44 years continuously yep. uh, involved with the league which includes broadcasting. Yep. Um, it's in his blood. Uh, it's his entire, been part of his entire adult life. Uh, I, I just had a hard time believing that he won't be the next Jerry West, that in 10 years. I agree. And that in the next 10 years, at, at age 72, he'll be on someone's payroll. Utah and, Jazz, Bob. I say Utah Jazz. That's I say he goes out to Utah plays a lot of golf and is a consultant like Jerry West and Jerry West makes like crazy money to like answer, you know, 10 phone calls uh, from the Clippers. My life's dream, Jeff, is to be a, a, a consultant. You are right a, here. A, a high paid, a ton of money, a high paid consultant. Uh, that That's my dream. And uh, it's it, time's running out. Time's running out. <laughs> but I think Danny can fulfill that for somebody down the road. Definitely. Now, it, it's hard for me to believe he'll totally divorce himself from, from the sport that's been, you know, although, you know, no, because being one of the great all around athletes we've ever known, frankly, you know, was a major league baseball player. Who knows? Hey, maybe he'll go to Jerry Krause to become a baseball scout. <laughs> no, I think he'll try to be a, uh, we, I think we talked about this. He'll try to be a, um, what's the name of the sport? The pickleball. I oh, think he's okay. good at pickleball. Maybe he'll try to be a professional pickleball player. <laughs> he, he's, he can do it. This is a man who once played in, Two high school, state high school, best uh, all star games in the same Seniors game. tour golf. Seniors baseball tour for golf. Bob. I know, and baseball in the afternoon, basketball at night, and he was a wide, highly recruited wide receiver by every school west of the Rockies. Amazing, makes me amazing. Too no. much to grasp. He looked, he looked like he was going to get a little emotional at a point today, didn't he? He's been there eighteen years. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and and not to mention that you know he started out as a Celtic. He's a Celtic more than he's a son or a, or a trailblazer. Totally. You know, I think there's no doubt about that. But that doesn't mean, you know, the, our prediction, our mutual agreed upon prediction that he'll wind up being on someone's payroll in, a, in due time. Right. You know? This episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Because they are focused on managing and growing their business, they can't always spend the time that they wish on recruiting. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made things easier than ever for you to find and hire the best candidates for free. Get started by posting your job for free on LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Fill out targeted screen questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with experience, skills, and motivation that you need. Then use simple tools to filter and prioritize the top candidates that you wish to interview. And it is that easy. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. And your first job post is absolutely free. LinkedIn.com slash scribe. Again, that is LinkedIn.com slash scribe to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Assess the tenure. 18 years. I mean, listen, he made him competitive in most of them. When we thought they were done at a point, he had some help from his good friend, Kevin McHale, to get him, uh, to get him back on track there and get, get you know, uh, the, the last banner. But, um, and after that, he found a way, right? I mean, found a way. Brad Stevens, I thought, did a great job the first, you know, five, six years. So There's a lot of teams that would be happy to, 
right. having a, in, a feather in the cap that they went to the conference finals three times. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever it was. Like, but uh, I'm a Danny Ainge fan. I am. I, I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I've, I've developed a pretty good relationship with him over no, the last 15 years. I can say it. And, yeah. and I, you yeah. know, I remember he, I, I was so pleased to know he remembered that, that, that we didn't know what was going to happen at, uh, at the day, that specific day, the day he was activated as a Celtic. And after he had gotten extricated from the Blue Jays and they had won the, they had not, they didn't win the trial. They had a settlement with the Blue Jays after losing the trial. Uh, anyway, we had lunch down the street at Conway street. And, uh, and then later in the afternoon, he found a middle of the afternoon, he was activated and he got in the game that night. I remember one of the, they, they kicked somebody's ass that night and he got in some garbage time. Anyway, Danny Ainge, uh, it's amazing. It's a wonderful career. It's a wonderful career. Um, uh, no, I think it's been a success. And you think that, you know, that uh, they, 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 they had a chance to win three. Definite. Oh, nine KG got hurt. Right. Period. That was the end of that. And, and then in 10, uh, it's one of my recurring nightmares. They're up three and, and three possessions totaling 94 seconds of the fourth quarter. They went down six and Derek Fisher hit him with a three to start it. And, and that's the, you know, that's when Perkins didn't play game seven and Rashid Wallace, they needed one game out of that. I won't say it. Didn't get him. Didn't get it. And he didn't get it. Nope. They could have won three easily. Easily. Yeah, I mean, definitely two. I thought two was realistic. Yeah, like, like, right. Should have had a second. Should have had a second out of those <laughs> two. But yeah, I listen. I know a lot of people will hammer Danny. Uh, oh, they already, you know, they were. And 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 you know throughout. You know, at one point it was holding on to your 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 picks too long, you know, you know, some of the trades, like it, Listen, no GM hits on – if you hit on 50% of your draft picks, you're doing great. You're doing great. And, yeah. and what I will say is Danny Ainge, when I was out of college games, nobody was out there more five, six, ten years ago than Danny Ainge watching. Now, I think that has certainly fallen off over the last four or five years. <laughs> it, and, I again, like, you can't blame him, especially two years ago with a heart attack. Why have this stress? You want to see your grandkids grow up. Yeah. You know, he's no, got a no, large fan. That's understandable. And, and not to mention, and, and but internationally, he was right. a, a fixture. Yep. People knew. No, you know, I used to cite that to example of why, uh, you know, you, you you can't just sit in the office. The, the difference between Danny Ainge and Phil Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Phil Jackson sat in the easy chair. Yep. You know? and, All uh, right. Let's get on. We'll, we'll spend a few minutes here. Oh. Um, I know we both both have to go in a few, but let, let's hit no, the I'm, second I'm topic of the day. Oh. Well, yeah. under the heading of it had to happen sooner or later. That's right. Now, I'll, I'll throw, I'm throwing the ball in your court now. That's a little tapping serve over to your court. Well, I'll tell you what. I, and I texted you earlier and I said we were going to do the podcast about four hours ago. Yeah. Um, at yeah. 1030. Right. Yeah. 1030. Yeah. We're recording now at 330. And I said, Bob, uh, we might have to wait on this one because <laughs> uh, I think Coach K is going to retire. And um, so. He is. It's still not out officially. I probably will be by the time this is released, but um, he's going to coach this final year and going to retire. He's 74 years old, so he'll be 75 when he retires. And as you said, it's not a shock, but I think the timing is a little bit different from like Roy Williams, who just went out at the end of the year and said, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Coach K goes down as the all-time winningest coach in NCAA men's division one history five national titles, one of the greatest ever to do it. But I think, again, 
I think for a lot of these guys that are getting older now, Bob, Beheim, Kay, Roy, with name image likeness coming in and with the uh, insanity of the transfers these days, it has sped up the process. I think Kay would have maybe taken it year by year and said, let me see how I feel after next year and not made a decision. But I think this got him to the point where like, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm going to be 75. I don't want to deal with all this BS. So I'm out. Well, we talked about this when, when Roy retired, that yep. this is not going to, this is the beginning of, a, That's of, right. to this, of the old guys. I, you can completely understand it. I, I, I mean, I know how aggravated and annoyed I am as a fan uh, and, and what this is doing to the landscape of college basketball. I can, cannot begin to imagine what it does to somebody like this. Uh, I don't know. Well, it, 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 and assessing the career, uh, it, you know, it, 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 you can't exaggerate. You can't exaggerate it. And what I love most about what Coach K does as a coach, you know, you know, forget about personality, uh, you know, and I like him, and uh, but you know, I know he can, he can be a little imperial, ornery. Yeah, he'd be a little ornery. Imperial. No, I like that word. Um, he does. There's no such thing as a Coach K style. Coach K is a basketball coach, and and I I, I remember when I first met him myself it wasn't until '86 when they beat Kansas. Yeah. In a preseason game in, 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 in Madison Square Garden, a fantastic game for the month of December, well played. And I, I met him and talked to him, and I got, we got talking about positions and positionless stuff. And, he, and, that, and then he came up, this not to me, but I, had, I, I learned he had come up with this phrase about the hothouse flyer, flower thing. You, it takes the shape of the vessel. You don't try to cram the, the, the square peg in the round hole theory. Right. You, you, here's what I got. And think about the kind of teams that he won with. And he's adapted players, low post players, mid rise players, built teams around point guards, built teams around forwards, built teams around centers. Uh, you know, Cherokee parks. Don't forget. You know I mean? Guys, guys. Yep. Um, and that's, that's what basketball coaching should be. Totally. It's not a system. It's not my <laughs> system. It's, it's, you teach basketball. He was the exhibit a of that. Yep. And that's what I remember most about him. No, he's, he's done a great job adapting, not only in his style of play, but also um, being able to connect to kids. But as you get older, like imagine at 74 having to talk to high school kids all the time right now and recruit them. Like, doesn't it become at a point where you're just like, I can't do this anymore? No, is he, I'm asking, you might have, you might have, no, is he, is he only a closer now, maybe? And, and he isn't even, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> He's out there all of July. I mean, he's he is, out okay, there. Like, right, I'm asking. You like, know, we're going to be out. I'm going to go out to – there's two weekends in June. There's three weekends in July. My guess is Kay's going to be out at all of them, sitting there watching these kids, evaluating these kids in a gym when he should be – you know, they caught up – somebody caught up with Roy Williams today and got his reaction on Coach K. You know where Roy yep. was? Yep. Where was Roy? Some camp. No, golf course. Golf oh, course. golf course. Oh, he was on a golf course. Okay. Right. Yeah, he was doing what he – Exactly. Exactly. That's the idea. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so, like, again, I, I hope Kay, uh, again, retired at the right – you know, to me, you, listen, if you want to keep doing it, then keep doing it. Help provided. Like, keep going if you if you want to. But, I, you know, I just know myself, and when I'm, when I'm 70 years old, I'm not going to want to work every single day. And, and, and he doesn't. Like – my my daughter and I were, we, we went by Carolina about a week or so yeah. ago and she was in Cameron and I don't think Kay was there that day. Like, I don't think he came in. He doesn't come in every day, but yeah. you know, again, I, I feel like the time is right for Kay 
for Roy, for Bayheim. Now, the, the crazy part, Bob, is John Shire is going to be the next head coach, the former player. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, who you went it all along in both both cases of Carolina and then whether, whether it would be in the family and who in the family. There's no, so many of course, families. it was going to be the family. There were so many. The candidates. timing, the timing of the Brad Stevens and the K thing was kind of crazy because a lot of people felt like Brad would be the next yeah. head coach at Duke. Yeah, I know. Same. Think how far we've come from the days when they wouldn't hang a banner, Abdul Abdelnab, because he hadn't graduated. Right, right. To where he's winning national championships yeah. with with almost complete with one and done, you know, period. Does he go down as the greatest or is John Wooden still the greatest? Parallel. I, I, I the, 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 Look, I think his achievement of getting to those final fours, what, nine, ten, however, you, and, and in the, this era yeah. and winning five is, is every bit as good as John Wooden winning his ten in a world where you started off, you played four games. Right. You started off in the regional. A lot different at home, you know, in LA or or in the West Coast, yep. and then you know you win two games, you're in the Final Four. That's what it was when he started. And only uh, one team in each conference, correct? Yeah, uh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't do that until seventy five. Seventy six was the first year of 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 uh, you know more than one team out of conference up to through nineteen seventy five. His final one wouldn't. You, you had to win the you know one team represented the it was, well it was a thirty two team tournament. When I was at BC in the 60s, it was a 25-team tournament. Then it went 32. Then it went 40. When, when Larry Brown – in 1980, it was 40. I know that. And then eventually we got to the 64 where it should be, and now we're at 68. Uh, but different world, a different circuit, different obstacles, different – it has to – it's every bit as good as achievement as what Wooden did. Absolutely. Do you, do you like the way Kay did it compared to Roy? Roy won't get a, uh, you know, a, a final run, right? He won't get a, a... – oh. Farewell tour. Do you like that for Kay? I think I think he's got a secret really good ego. He'll enjoy. I do too. I do too. I do. I'm with you. I mean, yeah, they all have egos. Although last year was, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if they win a few more games this year. They're going to be good. They got a player named Paulo Benchero coming in. He's terrific. Like you're going to absolutely love this kid. He's from uh, from Seattle, and he's an absolute killer. So Kay knows. I think he wants to go out the right way too, and I think he he secretly knows he's got a team capable of going to a Final Four this year. Uh, in, in terms of a basketball uh, fan connection, I go back to seeing him play. Of course, BC played them twice when I was at BC. Uh, wow. When I was at BC, really? we beat them in the 1969 NIT, doing something that was very difficult to do, which was come from behind against an incredibly efficient, methodical Army team. You got behind against those night teams. And we were in trouble. We were, we were like seven down and, and that's like being down 20 to anybody else. And we came back and beat him. but he was, he was the starting guard, uh, you know, with, uh, on that team. But, uh, so I go back to that, but, uh, uh, you know, I got, you know, know him a little bit. And I also, I don't think there was anybody in the world that was more better suited to do what he did to take over the Olympic team yeah. and be able to relate to those pros that's right. and, and with the credibility that he did bring. And, and, Oh, how beneficial was that move for his later oh, recruiting? in recruiting, by the way? <laughs> we, we, we got into it. Kay and I got into it a little bit in July in Vegas because I had gone on, on TV when I was at ESPN multiple times and said, you know, it was a huge recruiting advantage for him to be coaching the Olympic team. So uh, he, he, he said something to me 
uh, in Vegas. I was going back maybe six, seven years ago. Uh, and we had a, a nice conversation, Robert, a nice conversation in which I said, um, uh, Hey, uh, Mike, um, you know, I cover recruiting too. I, I know some of the things, you know, first of all, Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow, Tyus Jones all came out of that USA Olympic program. Um, I know that Austin Rivers had a lengthy conversation with Mike Krzyzewski when he was coming up as a young player through the, the, the USA basketball system. You know, Alex Murphy of the Murphys that are from around here um, was brought to meet Kevin Durant when he was uh, uh, being recruited by Duke, where he ended up going to start his college career. Uh, he went over and watched the national team and met Kevin Durant. There were a lot of advantages that Mike Krzyzewski had. And I told him, Bob, what I told him is, you know what? You earned it. Don't deny it. You earned you earned that platform based on what you have done. Take advantage of it. Anybody else would, but don't act like it doesn't exist. You know, his first when he first took over the team, he had to preside over a low point in, yeah. in Tokyo in 06, losing to Greece. That's right. Of all the losses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they got ass kicked by Puerto Rico and you know that, but yeah. you know, they're like, they're us. Yeah, they're, you know, that's yep. okay. But losing to Greece. That's how that's how we had to dig ourselves out of the hole then. But he certainly did a great job with that team, and uh, it's it's uh, one of the most great coaching legacies in all of American sport. Period. No question. No question. All right, we're gonna wrap, but we we had to we had to have day. a quick reaction here to the day of news because uh, two bombshells, two absolute bombshells, huge for for basketball in both regards, and uh, we'll talk playoffs next week. Trust me, oh, yeah. we'll get back to playoffs next week. And uh, we can also talk about the future of the Boston Celtics. Uh, There you have it. Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman uh, here on the Ryan and Goodman pod. We'll see you next week.